0: On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Well, if there is any day, Charlie, that I should be wearing my Speedo into work, this is it. <laughs> wow, it's going to be a scorcher today, I was going to huh?
0: say,
2: a scorcher is right. Mm, Feeling mm-hmm. in the 40s, I think. Yeah.
1: yeah. Any, Such and, extremes. Well, and Our I, weather I was is whining so and, and bitching at you when, I came, yeah. when you came in this morning, Chris. Don't come into the downtown area this Not morning. Not this morning. Oh, my Lord trying to get through town just to get over here on kind of the west side of yes. Liberty Village from the Don, Don Valley. Valley. In it was I thought, okay, I'll take I'll take Richmond Street. Nope. Well that only works so far. And after going in circles, literally I know
2: a lot of road closures. Yeah. A, and of course the lake shores closed. Very completely. kind
1: officer of the law said, okay, here's what you have here's to do. Here's your route. <laughs> yeah and, and told me exactly you know, you go up Bay to Elm then Elm West to McCall and down McCall to Queen. Oh, but so, folks, don't don't drive yourself crazy like I was going this morning. Well, I
2: came a much simpler route than you. I just stayed on the gardener over to Dunn, Jameson, Uh. and back. It was actually worked very well.
1: Well, there you are. Okay, Uh, to the gardening stuff. That's where Uh, we gotta go. Of course. Yeah, got a couple of numbers for the folks here. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Please keep in mind our little mantra. Call early, call often, one question per call. But you can always call back. And if you're a first-time caller, let Sebastian know. And when you come to the air, you'll hear that preceding yeah. you.
2: Garden you're, wings. Your garden wings,
1: yeah, indeed. Yeah. Okay, a number of... Uh,
2: Oh, by the way... Oh, updates. Let me give you some some updates. So remember last week, I told you I was off to St. Catharines. Yes. So I went down to help the St. Catharines Horticultural Society celebrate 160 years. Wow. Which is pretty amazing as a hort society.
1: 10 years older than the Confederation. That's
2: right, than Canada. So, you know, busy, involved, you know, fun Mm. group of people. Wonderful tea was prepared by uh, a lovely caterer, and I met... The mayor and the MPP and, you know. Jim Bradley. Jim yeah. Bradley, exactly. Hung out with all the dignitaries, did my, my thing. And, uh, yeah, so that was great. I really had a lot of fun doing that. But then on the flip of the coin, on Thursday, I was in Ennismore. So Ennismore is a little tiny hamlet up in the Coerces. Their horse society is four years old. Wow, what a difference. To, yeah. Yeah. So, but again, very vibrant. There was a, probably 75, 100 people in the room to hear me speak. So they had come from outside of the, the town as well, obviously. But it was it, it, they were great. They, were, you know, a lot of fun people. But a special shout out and thank you to Sharon Kyle who provided me with a special jar of homemade jam. Oh, cherry rhubarb.
1: Oh, I can't wait to taste that. She yeah. told
2: me I wasn't allowed to give you any. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? I don't, Sharon, I guess, enjoys me teasing you. And I said, like, people oh, tell me I give Frank too hard a time and I shouldn't be so mean to him. And she said, oh no, I love it when you give him a hard time. So, anyway. <laughs> well. Anyway, I, I will bring the jar with me t- uh, next, Saturday next Saturday and okay. we'll take it to Hyde Park and we'll put it right on the table and you can smell Mirror all your oh, toast with it, goody. and I'll share some with you okay. well, instead of that you. cheapo <laughs> strawberry stuff they give us at the restaurant there. Um, so, yeah, so thank you again, Sharon. That was fun. But, yeah, people are, are always looking for you. I walk in the door, and they go, where's Frank? So, <laughs> We're tethered. Yeah. I know. Hmm. I'm going, well, you know, he wouldn't be that good up here on stage talking about gardening.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Unless a, it's a nematode question. Yeah. I, I haven't got a clue. I mean, You're unless right. you would need yeah. an
2: MC, right? I mean, we could well, do that. We could yes. do Q's and A's. And oh, you could yeah, be see? the person who yeah. runs around with the microphone to the audience members. You could do that I very do well. That. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So back to gardening. Remember, Garden Days is still going on right yeah. through till tomorrow, mm-hmm. coast to coast. It's a celebration of public gardens and gardening. For an event near you, go to www.gardendays.ca. Um, now, if you're in the RBG, Royal Botanical Garden area, Burlington, there's tons going on this weekend from a pollination festival, uh, Nature Connects in Hendry Park, irises and peonies in the Laking Garden. This weekend is abuzz with activities. Uh, Kippacks and rock garden tours, magic shows, and zoo to you at the rock garden. So there's back to nature hikers, tons going on. Check out the full schedule at rbg.ca slash this weekend. Uh, and of course, you know where that is, uh, you know, our Royal mm-hmm. Botanical Gardens right there in Plains Road. Uh, also, of course, in the same area, the Hamilton and Burlington Rose Society is holding its 60th anniversary. There'll be a rose show, which is an exhibition of cut garden rose and flower design, again at the Royal Botanical Gardens Center. This is next Saturday, June the 24th. Uh, from one o'clock until five, mm-hmm. and then the following day, Sunday, from ten until four. Remember that at that particular rose show, there is an auction of the show blooms, which starts at three p.m. and it's a very, very exciting auction. People get pretty excited about getting a hold of Wound some of those roses. That. Yeah, <laughs> six eighty Plains Road West in Burlington. For more information, uh, please contact. Uh, well, you could for email. HB for Hamilton, Burlington, HB Rose Society at simpatico.ca. Okay,
1: uh, we're coming up to 914. In fact, we're here at nine fourteen, 14. So we've got to scoot along. We have uh, Jim in Brantford waiting to say hi to you, Charlie, and mm-hmm. we'll get to Jim in just moments here on The
0: Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, here we are with Charlie and Jim in Brantford. Good morning, Jim.
3: Morning. Good morning, Charlie. I have a germination problem. I have, and just let me for vegetables, and just let me set the the garden up for mm. you. Um, we have a half acre garden. We're on sandy soil, and um, and it and I. Uh, do my fertilization in the wintertime with fresh chicken manure and I lay it out and then turn it in and go at it for the winter. And then in the spring, I, I in early spring, I start my garden, usually uh, Easter weekend or right around that area. Mm-hmm. Last year, I had a huge germination problem and it seems to be coming into this season also. Last year, uh, my corn germination was just absolutely brutal, mm-hmm. mm. and um, uh, and my lettuce germination was brutal, except for my first planting. Oh, <clears throat> now this year, uh, my my pea germination is probably seventy percent. Mm-hmm. Um, I've already had to turn in. Uh, my corn, my first planting of corn, and that's kind of my fault because I pushed the envelope a little bit. <laughs> but my second planting of corn, uh, which happened around the 1st of May, the germination is, I would say, 50%. And I've, and I've now just planted uh, a few weeks ago. It's probably, it's got its first leaves on corn. And it's probably, um, I would say it's probably 85 or 90% and my uh, and my first planting of of uh, of lettuce is uh, is really good. Okay. Hey, okay, Jim, can you, can you get Jim, Jim, uh, Jim <laughs> okay. can you get to a question? Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, so the so question is question what is, yeah. am I having a seed problem or do you think I'm having a soil problem?
2: Well, you know what's a great question. Um, the best way to find out whether it's a soil problem is to get your soil tested. There are several accredited soil testing labs in Ontario. The one closest to you would be in Guelph uh, at the Agri-Foods Laboratories, Guelph, Ontario. That is something that I highly recommend you do. And if you just go to the website, just even Google Soil Testing Ontario, you'll find... uh, the te- different accredited labs will come up, and there's great information on how to take a proper soil sample. And then they will send you the proper um, kit to send the soil to them, and then they'll email you the results of your test. That, and you'll tell them what you're growing. The right. only other thing, see, corn is notorious for being a seed that you cannot hold, it must be fresh every year. Typically, you will get the germination drops by half or 50% every year so we always always get fresh corn seed so if you have leftover corn seed there's no point in even trying to grow it whereas something like lettuce lettuce is usually good for two or three years as long as you're keeping it in dry dark uh, situation over the winter when you're waiting to use it the following spring you mentioned fresh chicken manure in the fall which is fine it's okay to use fresh meaning right out of the chicken coop but it can be extremely what we call hot, full of lots, of lots and lots of ammonia and it can burn young seedlings because of that high nitrogen count. Even so, over the winter? Well, what I, what I would do if I was using fresh manure is I would put it on the surface of my vegetable garden and leave it on the surface for the winter. Oh. And I would let the, the sun and the snow and the rain and everything start the, the process of neutralizing right some of that heat that's in that manure.
3: You, my neighbors would really like that, especially <laughs> if their cats are roaming at night. <laughs> oh, <laughs> didn't think of that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, and then I would turn it in the, in the spring before I plant it. I wouldn't turn it in the fall because you will find that um, that weathering of the manure will lower some of that incredible you know, high nitrogen content. So, first and foremost, yeah, make sure the seed is fresh. Uh, obviously, moisture is important to get good germination, but I'd really recommend a soil test. Okay,
1: Alrighty, thanks, thank, Jim. thank you very much, Jim. Good uh, questions. And, yeah, excellent, excellent yeah. question. Golly, and uh, but quite involved. So we, uh, we, too we, much information yeah. for
2: you, huh? Yeah, yeah. The,
4: the, well,
1: my gardening we have, buddy. We have so many people waiting online here, True. and we will indeed get to Karen and Mississauga in just a moment. You are listening to the Garden Show here with Charlie Dobbin. Yours truly, Frank Proctor. Board on this Saturday morning, where it's a scorcher.
0: Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And hey, nice to have
1: you along. And I'm referring, of course, to Karen and Mrs. Saga. Hi, Karen. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much.
2: Morning.
5: Good morning. I'm calling about my Japanese maple.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: It has been very, very showy this year. It's turning red and and yellow and green, and but now it seems to be um, dying in the middle of the tree. The leaves are, are curling up, drying up, and curling up, and falling off. Okay. I went to Sheridan with some samples.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, they said it, it, it was a fungus. Mm-hmm. They gave me um, Saver's Defender, but mm-hmm. when I was reading about Saver's Defender, it says that if you get it on your skin, um, you have to flush it for 20 minutes I got a little bit worried about uh, using it about using it. I thought no sense killing myself huh. uh, to save the tree, but i 'm wondering if there 's something you can suggest
2: well, I think they 're right that it is a fungus. Uh, we are seeing phenomenal levels of fungal diseases very, very early in the season this year because The cool weather, the high moisture levels, uh, high humidity, rain, rain, rain has certainly had a a big impact on the, you know, very happy growth of fungus. So, yes, you are, I would recommend a fungicide. The other thing is if you don't want to spray that, I'm just double checking. Okay, so it's because any of, all right, since the use of toxic pesticides and for herbicides and fungicides was outlawed in 2008 we use less toxic sprays and the ones that are available for uh the homeowners are for the, for fungal diseases are sulfur based so yes. it's the sulfur which you know and that smells like rotten eggs right right sulfur yeah, I mean, everybody's a little bit different. Uh, would it burn you? Probably not. But I certainly would always wear gloves. Never. You know,
5: the sp- instructions do not give you that. They don't say anything about a mask or gloves or anything. Oh,
2: okay. Well, they should. I mean, main, the, the trick is never spray when it's windy. Mm-hmm. Um, never spray when it's hot, hot, sunny day at high noon. Always spray early, preferably early in the day or late in the day because that's when the least wind is, is, you know, dawn and dusk. The yeah. wind typically drops. So that's your time to spray. You're going to spray thoroughly till the plant is wet. But the other thing is... All of us who are, you know, potentially going to be struggling with fungal diseases need to really look at our shrubs and our trees and prune for an open canopy. Prune so that you don't have growth, all the little branches growing to the inside of the plant. So when,
5: should I go in there and... First. And and cut out, yep. like, the stuff that's dying?
2: Well, yes, but you should definitely cut out the branches that are growing in the wrong direction. So uh, your Japanese maple, assuming it's an upright, which it sounds like it is, uh, version, should be vase-shaped. So it's like a V. And so all the growth should be from the base of the plant upwards and out like a fountain. So when you look at it and just stand back, look at the silhouette of that plant and make sure that any of the little branches or strange growing branches that are growing in the wrong direction are removed. That will open the, the canopy, the, the whole shrub up for sunshine and air circulation. And that will lower incidence of fungal disease and it will, so it, it's a preventative that we do that for and also it'll control. But certainly go ahead and, and use the Defender. Yeah, read the instructions, wear gloves. You shouldn't Need a mask, but certainly don't do it when there's any wind, and never when there's any sun.
5: Okay. Okay. Now, um, is uh, um, if I do nothing, mm-hmm. like I, if I go in and just mm-hmm. like prune out the dead yeah, parts, yeah. whatever, is this going to kill the tree?
2: Probably not, no. If the tree is healthy and was in vigorous and good shape before this happened, what will happen is some leaves are going to drop. You are going to follow the rules of good garden hygiene and you're going to clean up those leaves because you know those leaves carry spores, which could reinfect the tree. So you're going to continue to keep things tidy. Uh, If the plant is vigorous and weather is in its favor, it will grow some more leaves. So an early defoliation doesn't mean a plant is dying. It just means that it's stressful because now it's going to have to grow another set of leaves. So, yeah, just keep cleaning up. You don't need to spray, but certainly the opening up will help. Fungal diseases, it's all about prevention. We, do, we cannot eradicate a fungus. We can only prevent it.
7: Now There
5: is uh, something on the Internet with baking soda, water, and dish soap.
2: Yeah, there, there are lots and lots of homemade recipes. Uh, baking soda I've heard of. I would not use soap to uh, control fungus um
1: okay thanks Thank, karen Thanks very much karen taking care of mississauga there i know hey, uh, boy you know, people
2: have big questions today i know involved <laughs> a lot of involved. well stuff. because we're at that time of year yeah, right yeah, it's true. not just that early spring rush of ooh la la let's plant the garden now <laughs> it's like okay we planted the garden now, now we got problems now
1: we get problems <laughs> now i wonder what the heck's going up there in midhurst hey that's for oh, john first time first caller. time hi,
8: welcome john. hello morning yeah, hi yeah, good morning. Um, yeah, my question is, uh, with regards to overseeding of an established lawn.
4: Mm-hmm.
8: And, uh, I'll tell you my opinion, if I go, uh, all over my lawn with uh, a rotary spreader and basically walk away from it, mm-hmm. I think it's a complete waste of time and money because those seeds are not being covered with a thin layer of topsoil or anything. They're mm-hmm. just laying there and, uh, I just want your opinion on that. How uh,
2: how big is your property?
8: Half an acre. Right,
2: so it's a good size. Uh, Okay, you're right. That is a a challenge, particularly now as we're into some serious heat. The best seed germination, particularly lawn seed germination, happens when we have good seed soil contact. So you're absolutely right. When you're overseeding, whether it's a little tiny lawn or a big one, we go out there and we sprinkle a bunch of seed, it's sitting up in those blades of existing lawn. It's not down necessarily down at soil level where there can be some actual moisture-absorbed moisture absorbed uh, yeah, exactly. No, Frank's right. He's making raking motions. If you could broadcast your seed and then go back and rake, uh, brush, uh, blow, do whatever you can to drive that seed down to soil level, you'd have a much higher germination level.
8: What about uh, going over with uh, garden hose, just spraying it down?
2: Um, yeah, that could work. I mean, is there any way you could go over it with a little bit of soil? Because that would help even more.
8: Uh, no, I've yeah. got such a huge area. Yeah. It's just—it's not practical. Right. Uh, anyway, what what's your comments? What time of year uh, should you do overseeding?
2: Uh, early spring, when we've got rain in the forecast, and right. uh, fall. So, any time in September is perfect. You oh, have, okay. You have very fast seed germination in September because the soil is nice and warm. Just do it before we get some good rain. All okay. right.
1: Thank you, John. Uh, don't be a stranger. Yeah. door Doors always open here. The Garden that's Show good. from Zoomer Radio. Here um, on this, what what is it, the 16th, is it? Not? Uh, no, I believe 17th. so. 17th. 17th. Yeah. 17th, yeah, yeah. 17th. Of course, Father's Day tomorrow.
2: But gosh, that's a good man. point, and Grandfather's Day, too. Yes, indeed.
1: <laughs> hey, Josephine in Pickering, welcome along.
9: <clears throat> hey, more, welcome back. Hello there. How are you? Excellent. Good. That's good. I'm calling in regards to a rosebush. Mm-hmm. I bought three rose bushes this year. Mm -hmm. Two of them are gorgeous. They've come into bloom. Mm -hmm. The third one will not leaf. Oh. What do I do? Take it back? Yeah. So did
2: you buy them dormant, all three of them?
9: No. uh, no, Well, there was a little bit of uh, growth growth on it. Now, the branches look quite um, intact, Mm -hmm. like they're not brittle so that you can break them off were they potted roses or bare root no they were potted okay no
2: that's that's usually better actually um okay so you bought three early in the season they were just waking up two of them really popped along and one is still just sitting there still Mm -hmm. dormant one
9: is blue girl one is john f kennedy they're in bloom right Mm -hmm. now the other one hasn't even got a leaf on it
2: okay and it is in the ground you've planted it
9: no, because remember, I was working on the garden—an oh. extensive work—and those are growing beautifully. And I'm going to plant them today, do or die. Okay, so what I would do, uh, if it, you definitely
2: could consider taking it back and getting one uh, a replacement that is actually growing. Right. But if you're committed to keeping the plant that you have, the best thing to force it, since it sounds like it's still dormant, force it out of dormancy is give it a pruning. Prune the whole thing back, not by a lot—half an inch. Every branch, every stem, every cane back by about half an inch, and that should force it to get growing, particularly if it's still looking good and firm and there's some shininess to the bark, you know, green. Yeah. And when you do that little trimming, that half inch on each cane, take a look at the center of the canes. They should be white. If you see brown in the center or anything like a, almost a yellow center, it's called the pith of the cane. Right. Take it back, uh, because that's never a good sign. You want nice, clean, white pith on your rose canes, then you know that they're very alive, full of vigor. Just need to be woken up.
9: Well, three of them are have the white. Okay. The other two they're not so good looking. Okay. So cut them down a little
2: further perhaps. Right. Always cut down to an outward facing bud. And uh-huh. of course make your cut on a slight slant right. so that water doesn't sit on that wound. And um, you know depending on the guarantee you have on the rose, maybe you have a full year guarantee. No, ninety days. Oh ninety
9: days. Mm. So, and you bought them probably about... them three weeks ago. A month ago. The other two are beautiful. Yeah. In fact, the the one there, uh, um, John, John F. Kennedy, is gorgeous. Okay. Well, it could... Yeah, so
2: sort of up to you. I, I, I think you, you can often wake these plants up with a little pruning and, you know, talking to it. Yeah. And, yeah. and keep track of the days. So, you know, you can always take it back on the 88th day, right? 89th day.
9: Right. And <laughs> okay. By the way, I gave up on azaleas. And I told my daughter, don't buy me another oh. one.
2: <laughs>
1: Concede that one, huh? Yeah.
2: Sometimes you can't
9: win
1: all the time, can you, know. huh?
2: Well, we live and we learn. Yeah, that's well, right. We, you know.
1: Thank you, Josephine. Take Thanks care of bakery for us. And, uh, oh, a reminder, as uh, we wave goodbye to uh, Josephine, that uh, leaves a, a line or two open, actually. 416 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll free, one 866 740 4 seven forty. Let me get my arm out here, the arm, the bell ringing arm. Hey, that's for Anne in Newmarket. Good morning, Anne.
6: Hi, how are you? Great. Excellent. I love your show. Thank you. I enjoy it, and I get a lot of good hints from it. Good. But I wanted to ask you, you mentioned last week about a box of stuff to get for Get it's called. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. that's right.
6: Plant now, I S- went to Canadian Tire. They didn't have it up here in Newmarket, and I tried Home Hardware, and I tried Home Depot. But Home Depot had something else it's called for critters, but it had dog on the box and cats. And I didn't.
9: Is, is the plants get the same?
2: No, no, no. Plants get so plant s k y d d. So plant s k y d as in dog, and d as in dog again. Mm-hmm. What's different about Skid is it came out of Norway, and it was it was all about. Um, protecting gardens from um, elk, I think, is how it all started. Mm-hmm. So it is made in the USA. It might not be carried at the big box stores. You can certainly buy it on the web, plantskid.com. Where else did we uh, for As for dealer, locator, testimonials, and field trial results, visit plantskid.com. That's my suggestion. Okay. To see who carries it in your neighborhood. Okay. Uh, it is effective against deer, rabbits, voles, elk, moose, chipmunks, squirrels, yeah, nutria, opossums, and yeah. mountain beaver. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, thank okay. you very much. All right. And it's, you know, it's 100% organic, can be used on edible food crops, and spray once, you're good for months. Um, that's, that's the claim, and I, I'm trusting it at this point. <laughs> thank
1: you. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Ann. Okay, and uh, golly, we're having a busy show here. Oh, you know what? We we are coming up to our next little bit of a break here, so let's do that. A reminder of those phone calls, or phone numbers, should I say, in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll free, one 866 740 You are listening to The Garden Show here on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto.
8: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Scythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweetwilliams.
0: You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor here. I've just glanced out the
1: window. My <sighs> gosh, things have clouded over in a big way. From earlier this morning. That, well, so they're talking about some
2: yeah, rain sunny. today. Hey, Showers. listen, um just during that break I took a quick look on the web. So, Anne, if you're still listening, Plant Skid apparently is available at Canadian Tire. Now, I can speak from experience, it's hard to get good stuff at Canadian Tire. So, they are supposed to have it there. Uh, you can certainly buy it online. Uh, One-liter bottles. Also, if, I know you mentioned your uh, new market. Now, there's a great garden center called Black Forest Garden Center in Aurora at 15445 Keel Street. They carry plants, kid, so does Lee Valley Tools. So, so there, you, there you
1: go. Okay, good. Siva in Toronto. Good morning and welcome okay. to the show.
9: Good morning, guys. Morning. I want to ask a quick question about mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. zucchini, the, the board that, goes into the zucchini. Mm -hmm. I understood it just lays its eggs in June. Mm -hmm. So I covered my zucchini because they're the only thing that's healthy now. Mm -hmm. And I want to know if can I remove the cloth after the end of June or they might come back in July?
2: Uh, You know, I... Uh, I have to double-check that. Uh, uh, let me report back.
9: All right. Okay.
2: okay. Yeah, because you're right. Absolutely. Insects have very specific life cycles, mm-hmm. yeah. so uh-huh. we we do protect them with... Did you protect with, like, a floating row cover or I, netting?
9: Yeah. Yes, okay. I did.
2: Perfect. Okay. But, of course, you need that pollination. You need the insects to be able to get at yeah. the flowers unless you're yes. going to be... Well, I
9: take it off occasionally, okay. you know, and, and check it out to okay. see if bees are around. All right. So... I don't know. All right. I... Well,
2: like I said, let me just i will double check and report okay. back because that's just too specific. I don't have that in my brain. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Wow. I wish a, I did.
1: An unusual question, uh, an unusual situation that no, Charlie doesn't I have it. I answer. was going
2: to say, unusual situation <laughs> yeah. where Charlie doesn't have the answer.
6: I'm yes.
1: so embarrassed. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> hey, out there to Grafton, there's Pat. Good morning, Pat. Welcome to the show.
6: Good Good morning, and happy Father's Day to Frank.
1: Well, thank you very much. We've got two sons who are dads, too, so... Yeah. The same to them. Thank you very well, much. Happy
6: happy Father's Day, Grandpa.
1: <laughs> That's right. Thank you.
6: Um, I'm calling about the proverbial problem of squirrels in the bird feeder. Mm. I have a solution that is perfect, works, and it's good for the environment. Don't have to worry about getting the... The, the um, uh, what is it, the red powder?
2: The oh, the cayenne, cayenne pepper, yeah, eyes, yeah, yeah. Something like that? Sure, let's hear it.
6: Go to, you'd have to have it on a pole. I don't mm. know how to make it work for a you know, one hanging from something
2: oh, else. Oh, I think but I know what you're going to say.
6: Go to the dollar store, and buy a metal slinky. Oh. A metal slinky. Uh. Now, if, you're, if your pole that you have it hanging on has a crook on it, you may have to undo one end of the slinky. It's just a little clip there to like to keep all the little circles together.
9: Mm-hmm.
6: Put it on your pole and if you if you uh, can't slip it over the pole, then just kind of undo it and yeah. start it and wind it wind. around yeah. Yeah. and then Attach fasten it. it back to your pole. Yeah. It's the funniest thing to see. <laughs> the squirrel comes over and he looks at this thing, and he jumps up and grabs a hold of it, and all of a sudden he's hits sitting the on the ground. ground. <laughs> and they look at like,
1: what's
2: well, going on? What Do is happening? Try here? it again. <laughs>
6: I haven't had a squirrel in my yard.
2: <laughs> Words so I put out. Put the slinky on there. The Squirrel yeah. Network knows, avoid your yeah. place. I thought you were going to say the Vaseline thing. Have you ever tried Vaseline on the bird feeder pole and watch the squirrels? <laughs> <laughs> they, they only get so far and then they slide. Down.
6: Yeah, but you have to keep doing that. I know. But the slinky you put on there, well, that is and pleasant. I have mine, you can attach it with. Um, Uh, Just
2: some wire, I would think.
6: Um, Pipe cleaners. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I do everything with pipe cleaners.
2: That's, that's great. <laughs> As, so take some video. We got to see that. That's if if you get any yeah, squirrels oh on it. Yeah. So funny when you do that to the you can squirrels. You see the
1: squirrels just slinking off. Like, uh, what's yeah, going on? Yeah, dude? Yeah. Well, what?
2: I have one of those baffles where they they go up inside the baffle and then they bang their heads on the top and, and they're like in the completely in the dark. Right? It's like what's going on? Where am I? I thought I, thought I was going somewhere and then they come back down and look and, mm. and then they try flying through the air, leaping from shrubs and tomato cages. No. No, no, they miss every time. It's great. I love it. And I have cats all circling, sitting, watching this whole process.
1: Thank you so much <laughs> for that, Pat. That's a that's a good snicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, help us along here to the Saturday morning. Good visual,
2: morning. yeah. Hey, in Waterloo. Well,
1: that's for Penny. Good morning. Welcome to the show, first-time caller.
7: Mm, good morning.
2: Morning and welcome.
7: Thank you so much. I am calling to ask a question about the lifespan of houseplants.
2: Depends on the houseplant.
7: Yeah. So, um Is there a difference between how long a large plant like a palm or a corn plant would last versus an African violet?
2: Hmm. Um, Hmm. Good question. Is there a difference? Either of them could last. I'd say a corn plant probably would last longer because African violets tend to get that funny growth where we end up severing and Re like I'm propagating from the mother plant because they lose their form eventually. African violets, excellent house plants, ten, twenty years, but after that, usually they're not so pretty anymore. But if you love it, then you still keep it, but you just sever babies off of the the root. Whereas um, a corn plant, dracaena plant like that, eh, twenty years, thirty years, they just get bigger, and sometimes that becomes a problem. That's you know, raise the rooftop to make room for the house plants.
7: Right. And but, then sometimes they get very leggy.
2: That's true.
7: And I know that you can air layer them mm-hmm. to get a new plant. That's true. But if you were to take one of these larger plants and just cut, cut off the stem and any foliage, mm-hmm. will the roots like regrow new growth, new foliage?
2: From that severed bit? Yes. Depends whether it's a sprout from the side of the plant or it's uh, taking the top off. Because, you know, when you've got those big canes, it's very hard to get roots from the one of those cut canes. They do it, though. I mean, that's they do it in Florida all the time. They they take the canes, they use machetes, they chop them all up into little pieces, mm-hmm. drop them in the soil, and wait. And roots will start to grow eventually, given the right conditions. You'll usually find your best way to propagate in any of the big caned plants is sever the stem into small chunks and lay it on its side. And a, a new sprout will emerge from the side of that, you know, through a dormant bud. Uh, and grow straight up from that uh, cane lying on its side, half submerged in soil. That's... I was
7: thinking if I just got rid of all of the stock and the foliage, mm-hmm. would new growth come from that little stub that is just above the soil level? Uh, it
2: depends because, you see, if there's no green left on the plant, the plant can die. Like if we take everything off, there's no photosynthesis, the plant's going, what's going on? And it it can no longer support itself, and it withers and dies. So it depends on the vigor within the plant, whether it's – because there's always carbohydrates stored in the root. The question is, can those carbohydrates actually translocate and bust forth with new growth under the circumstances? And that goes back to the vigor of the plant. So it depends. When did you last – transplant it, you know, the the quality of the potting soil it's in, that sort of thing. Bit hard, so it's a bit hard to have a blanket answer to that. But, um, yeah, there are ways to propagate for sure. If it's a great plant, send a picture. Maybe I can give you a, a good, good suggestion based on the actual look of the plant now. Yeah. yeah.
7: Okay. okay. Well, it's just this particular plant I'm looking at right now is probably 25 to 30 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking it probably will become less robust mm-hmm. as it ages, and True. maybe I should
2: just replace the plant. True, exactly. So there's that option, too. But sometimes people have fun doing some of the unusual forms of propagation. Like you mentioned air layering, and, you know, air layering takes two, three months to get roots. So that's, you know, it's a, it's a process, and you're very proud once you've got a, a brand new plant. You just sever it off the top. So, yeah, send me a picture if you want. I'll take a better look.
1: That'd be great. Thank you very much, Penny. Uh, time is our enemy here on the show. So it's mm-hmm. clicking mm-hmm. right along, isn't it? So mm-hmm. here we are at 9.50 and a half, as a matter of fact, and uh, all set to say hi to, now, I, I've got to check this name when we come back here in a moment, McPhee. That's uh, the yeah. first time I've heard someone called McPhee. Mm-hmm. i check that out in Toronto. Uh, so back in just a couple of moments to see
0: who McPhee
1: is here on Zoomer Radio
0: change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Uh, Charlie, you wanted to revisit the question from Siva there.
2: Yeah, Siva had the question about the squash vine borers. So, you know, there's a lot here on the web, Siva, but here's a quick and dirty that might help you. Natural insect control, which is based in St. Catharines, NIC, their actual website is naturalinsectcontrol.com they have a a trap which is a lure and a trap for catching squash vine borers. The lure is a pheromone which will attract the insect into the Mm -hmm. trap, thus they can't get out and they're not going to cause problems. When do you put this out? Place traps outside the gardens in early June. This pest is active in late June into July. So there's the answer to your question. The, The boar pupa Overwinters in the top one and a half, one to five inches of soil. So cultivating in the spring before planting reduces their numbers later, uh, or cultivating in the fall even, uh, right up until planting in the spring. So, yes, that's a, a challenge if you're plagued by that bore that's wiping out your pumpkins and cucumbers mm-hmm. and zucchinis. So you've got to try and get that pupa out of the soil, you know, up on the surface to die before it emerges. As soon as the adults emerge, that's who's boring into your plant. So the, you might want to consider the trap and the lure.
1: Okay. Thank you very much. Now, uh, at 9.55, uh, we've got a, uh, I think, a gentleman on the line, McPhee. Mm-hmm. Is that your first name? It's Ian. Uh, I beg your pardon?
4: Ian. Ian. Ian.
1: Okay, I thought I've never heard that name
4: before. Welcome
2: to the show, well, Ian.
4: Welcome along. <laughs> the question was, uh, Frank and Happy uh, Grandfather say to you. Well, <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, and Charlie, the question was mm-hmm. uh, last week or two weeks ago. You mentioned uh, the improvement of your composter by mm-hmm. dumping red wiggly worms mm-hmm. into the composter.
2: And uh, where do you get them?
4: That where do you get them?
2: Okay, so there's uh here's where you go. Do you have access to the web?
4: No, but somebody else does for me.
2: Okay, so write this down. Kathy's crawlers.
4: Yeah, yeah I called them and uh, they eventually called back and said that uh, they'll put me on the waiting list because I uh, don't have any. What? Wow. So, uh, I'm trying to figure out where they don't do you don't have get them. any. I, did I got them from the beach f- shop. Every no, re- <laughs> not
2: red wigglers. Yes. Yeah, really. Oh. Okay, so that's a great question. I would have, I'm so amazed that they don't they don't have any there cuz Kathy's Crawley red. Composters, she's yeah, yeah. a New Market based and I thought she had a bottomless supply. Um, all right, so I got mine originally from a friend okay. who said, "You need red worms" and brought me an empty margarine <laughs> container full of Red sure. yeah. I threw them in my composter, and they just chowed down. Sure. And I, Frank, wow. I—they're there all the time. They just go down in the winter, and they come up in the spring. So I—I'm sure I have some. Maybe I should go into the business. Well, there you go. Hey, um, yeah. let me see if I can uh, source out somebody else. So, so they said that they have none in stock.
4: Your reply to me on tape was that they don't have them, and they hope to get them, and they'll put me on the list.
2: Oh, and I so tried they've putting had the
4: list into the composter, and that didn't help. Yeah.
2: Really. And huh. they, they really are, do make a big difference. Hmm.
4: Yes. Okay, well, I'll wait to hear from you on your... Uh, yeah,
2: let stuff. me see if I can come up with a, another source. But you're right. I'm right on her website. And look, try to order them. We are currently yeah. out of stock of worms. Oh, uh, there we are. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Oh, gee, ah. good
4: luck with that okay yeah. so i will wait to hear maybe your comment uh next program you have.
2: exactly next saturday if not thank before you. thank okay. you
1: thank you and i think we might have time charlie we push along here mm-hmm. to squeeze one more call in this from sophie in hamilton good morning sophie
6: good morning charlie good morning frank happy good. father's day frank oh thank you uh charlie mm-hmm. i have a solomon seal plant mm-hmm. it's it's very healthy. It's doing quite well, and it's really taking over. Mm-hmm. My question is, can I transplant it in the fall mm-hmm. and plant it somewhere in a very, very, very shady area? Would it do well?
2: Oh, absolutely. They grow beautifully in the shade. That's one of the best plants for the shade.
6: Ah okay so I can trim it I can
9: dig it up and and no problem
2: yeah I, I wouldn't transplant now if you can avoid it try like you said do it in the fall and for now I, I mean unless it's a problem trim back whatever is flopping or you know in the way but it's an excellent plant you you know it you've surely's got it in your garden it's a mm-hmm. it's an undergrowth forest plant mm-hmm. grows a, you know a meter tall roughly very interesting flowers and then when the flowers are done it's just the foliage all summer, so for sure, transplant away, but do it in the fall.
6: Wonderful! Thank you so much. Okay, Thank you're you. You're very Sophie. welcome. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks
2: yeah, a lot. And you too. And so don't keep cool. <laughs> any way you can. Anyway, no. Yeah. Go swimming.
1: Well, that's oh, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Toby, my youngest guy, uh, he and I are traveling to Kitchener Waterloo to visit uh-huh. with Uncle Ron and Auntie Sue down there. <laughs> and do they and have they've a, got pool? a pool. They've got a pool.
2: So speaking of that speedo, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that's pull Toby. that out Toby's of. Toby's. Hey, Dad, don't forget to bring in your bathing suit. You bet.
2: I'll be doing that.
1: Yeah, and I'll <laughs> that's be back great. this afternoon too to say yeah. hi to folks. You today. will. I'll have a special conversation, as a matter of fact, with uh, Dave Rediger, who is uh, oh. sitting getting ready to do Dave's Corner. Warming
2: up his voice. Yes, but I'm, I'm and I'm his have car. uh,
1: After uh, 1 o'clock, we'll tell you
2: why. Oh, Top Secret. Top Secret. You, yeah. you and Dave, you got something <laughs> something going on there. Something All happened. Right. All right. Whew, I'll be listening in for that. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm off to a client doing a consultation for friends of mine who I did a, m- a magnificent garden for them last summer. Right after it was finished, they sold their house. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> but good for me because now they bought a new house and hey, now they need a go. new garden. Well, so I'm off good to stuff. see them. Okay. So thank you, Frank. And big Happy Father's Day to you and all the fathers, including my father. Uh, And I'll be seeing my dad tonight. I'm taking my daughter there for dinner. And, um, yeah, we've got lots to do in our gardens. And, uh, yeah, take care.
1: Sebastian, all the best, my friend. Thank you very much. Thank you,
2: Sebastian. See you all again next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.